Douglas, aside from having to speak Great with you today, you, how, well, well, thank you very much. Um, do you still have a coffee mug or is it way too late in the day for that? It's, it's a bit too late. What time is it? I'm in Prague right now and it's 5.48, so too late for coffee for me. Got it. I don't think I got to ask you this the last time. It's still on my mind. Does anyone call you Doug? Lots of people call me Doug. Most of my friends call me Doug, Doug or Dougie. Um, my fiance calls me Douglas. Sometimes calls me Doug. My mother calls me Douglas. Normally people call me Douglas when I'm in trouble as well. So, uh, so most people call, even call me Doug. Okay, well, Doug, congratulations on getting a DVD set of this series out. Not everyone gets the DVD or Blu-ray uh, treatment. Did you get to watch any of the bonus materials or is it kind of like, a, I did that, I lived that, let's move on? I don't know. Are there bonus materials? I hope there are. are there, I, I haven't personally haven't got to see, see the bonus materials, but if there are some, I would love to see them. I'm still waiting for my DVD. So I will wait for someone to send that to me. And then I will, I will check out to see if there's any bonus content. When you get back from Prague, that is. When I get back. <laughs> um, was this, I, I'd have to imagine that you did a lot of work to prepare for this role to be on this show. Looking back at the footage, because when you tape a lot of interviews, people make you watch clips and they go, what was going through your mind? But was this the most challenging role that you had? I mean, every, every role is challenging in its own way, you know, um, but it was definitely up there for many reasons, trying to, you know, I, I'd never taken on a character that was as physically dominant as this maybe before. So that was something new that, um, you know, that had such great, that had such stillness and poise to him because I'm a bit all over the place naturally. I'm, I'm a bit, you know, um, so that was really interesting and a challenge. Um, I think a massive, just an obvious challenge of working six days a week for almost six months in, in like 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, that's a challenge. Um, uh, also come, coming out the tail end of a pandemic and the stress that put crews under and, you know, everyone had to work in, in, you know, in this heat under those masks and stuff. So it was challenging. Um, but it was also great. It was very rewarding. It was actually one of the best jobs I've ever done in my life. We had this, so much fun. Um, we all bonded, uh, but it also at the same time, one of the most challenging, for sure. I don't know if this is a rude question, but do we know if season two is happening yet? Because there's no, no. clear cut thing. Okay, yeah, we're waiting. Rude at all, no. Uh, we, it's being written. Oh. They're writing, they writing a story. Um, and then they are gonna be presenting it very, very, very soon, I believe, to AMC, who will, either green light it or not um but it looks like it's going in that direction i'm i i can't read their minds but it, it from what i've heard they've i've been told to keep my diary free so um i think it's going that way and i'd love to see the character through and i know a lot of other people would too so but it's not 100 percent confirmed i don't you know that's that's above my pay grade um but i if they want to make it i will be there with a with a smile on and then uh, well in red bill's case maybe not a smile but uh. <laughs> hopefully it does happen but if not uh your imdb page says gore promised land the last planet unwelcome so you're not uh vacationing in prague i would have to imagine no 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 i yeah no i start i start in a couple of weeks on michael winterbottom's movie promised land um when he's a, a great filmmaker and auteur i've loved for a long time uh, you know, he's made some brilliant films and he works in a in a very specific and interesting way so i i'm very excited to to start filming that um but yeah no no rest for the wicked i'd say 
except if we follow your Instagram account, because for your 30th birthday, you posted about sleeping that you still have <laughs> waking up. So there is some rest for the wicked, assuming you there, a, a little, a little rest for the wicked, a, li- a little, a little. Uh, your Instagram account also had you going to Glastonbury. Uh, I assume that was for pleasure, not for business. No, I mean, I would say it's pretty much all pleasure, Glastonbury. <laughs> a lot of pleasure and a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been going every year since I was uh, 16 years old. I've never missed one. Um, so, and the bane of my agent's life, trying to carve that out every year. Um, and I think everyone, you know, all the actors go. So uh, I think bane of every agent's life. Everyone's like, I will not miss Glastonbury. It's, it's, it's so much fun. It's, it's a place where people are really... Um, happy and 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 just it's just got it's got a hundred stages all the best bands in the world and, and yeah i love it there it's great growing up as a huge anglophile that loved brit pop you know that's where the greatest bands played who what was the standout set or two that you saw at this year's glastonbury you know what the one that's stuck in my mind and it's most profound is actually kendrick lamar was brilliant but also of course seeing paul mccartney when he played uh, when he when he when he when he played uh, some of the Beatles classics, I thought, you know, sure. that was very special. Maybe one of the last times that will happen. Um, and um, there's also a band, a new band called Wet Leg, which I very much enjoyed. Wife loves Wet Leg. Uh, all day yeah. long, all day long, as they say. Yeah, all day long, on the chaise long, on the chaise long, all day long, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, the whole world wants to speak with you today. So the last question I got before you go is, will you be seeing the stadium tour live anywhere in the States, or are you holding out for the European tour of it? Of, of, of what? Sorry, what tour of what? The stadium tour. I mean, let's face it. Forever. Is that the ABBA? Well, what's that? Is that ABBA? What is the stadium tour? Oh, here, the Motley Crue tour we call. Oh, the, the Motley Crue, oh, the stadium, tour. sorry. The, yeah, the delayed one. I'll, I'll be seeing it. I'll be seeing the stadium tour multiple times. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was supposed to be going and then it obviously got delayed. Is it happening now? It's happening in, is it 2022 20, it's happening or 23? It has been going on. Uh, it captures all the headlines here and the rumor is it's eventually coming to Europe. Well, I will see it in Europe too. I mean, I, I would love nothing more than to sit down with Nikki and Tommy and, and, and the rest of the band again. Um, I'm, uh, I'm actually having straight after the, the straight after these, um, these chats, I'm talking to the producer of, uh, of the dirt, um, having a big catch up. So, uh, I'm sure we'll plan our, our, our trip to Jeff see. Jeff is that? That's Eric Olson. Oh, nice. Eric, yeah, yeah, Eric Olson. So we'll be talking to Eric. Yeah. Well, I look forward to the next project, whether or not it involves Eric Olson, but congratulations on getting a documented DVD and Blu-ray for this great show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Outrocast. David and Alex, or is, or is it Alex and David, which is the correct way to do this? I prefer Alex and David. No, 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 I prefer Alex and David. <laughs> Well, there you go. I'll, I'll start with Alex first. Uh, Alex, how is your day going aside from answering the same five questions over and over and over again from journalists? Well, that's the tricky part. Uh, it, it's, it's good when I do it right. And it's frustrating when I, I want to redo sometimes. I'll be, oh, God, you know, uh, because weirdly enough, I think hearing the same things over and over, you tend to kind of not really listen to yourself and you go oh wow that wasn't that wasn't the best way of (laughs) saying what i was trying to say you're Uh, a professional i'm sure it's all great and welcome to the cast Uh, how long did you have to keep it a secret that you were joining up on industry 
and there was no rule. I, I could, I mean, I don't have that many friends. I told the, <laughs> I told the few people in my life that I needed to tell, and then uh, off I went. But yeah, there was no like C- NDA or anything like that. Cool. Usually when you do these, people say big things are coming soon, but they're under that deadline.com embargo or that Hollywood reporter thing and they can't talk about it. So you were free and clear and that's awesome. And before I throw my first question at David, I'm curious, Alex, how much of Danny is there in you? (laughs) We just got this one, man. This is, this is, uh, wow. I, I, I think everyone on the show has has parallels. I think it's I think the by by choice. I think the writers are are looking to it, find what 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 is interesting about all of us and and put that put that in front of the world. Uh, so I mean, I'm not rich. I'm not a stockbroker. I I I can't uh, afford to live that way um, yet. Yeah. Yet. I mean, yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's aspects to to what that life is that are completely foreign to me, and then there's personality traits and quirks that I think are very much my own. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit, little bit of this, a little bit of that. I think, David, you you have the same thing. I think that's what. Nadu, Nadu, the question was the rates that you do. <laughs> well, well, like. That was a wonderful response from Alex, but I'm curious, David, when you first got this role, how much did you know about the financial world and how much training did you need related to getting into character? Um, man, absolutely zero. I, I knew nothing about finance. I knew nothing about stuff. If anything, I was kind of subverse to it because I come from a working class family in East London. We kind of look at people with money generally as a little bit um, like, what do you know that we don't, <laughs> you know, right. which is like a, bad, which is like a bad, that's a bad trait anyway, but that's my family. So um, immigrants. So, <laughs> um, but, but I mean, I guess, I guess in terms of the training, you know, I wanted to learn everything. Um as that's that's just, that's just the kind of acts that I am. Like even if I'm not saying it, I kind of want to know what it means. Um, just to give these give this world as as rich a flavour as possible, and obviously paint gas as as um as vivid as possible. So um and we had a wealth of we had a wealth a wealth of um, sources. The writers, Mickey and Conrad, who mm-hmm. who know this world inside and out, really gave us so much so much everything everything that we needed, and we had the producers and the directors who came on board and would just continue to, to help us along the path of saying the words that we need to say and most importantly doing what we needed to do. So um, I felt very supported, yeah. When you're great in a role, sometimes people have a problem separating you from the character. I'm curious, David, if since becoming part of industry that any financial people have come up to you on the street and tried to pick your brain about finances because you're so convincing. Do you know it, 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 it's it's so funny because you know I'm I'm only you know I'm a young actor and you know I watch stuff like this like what you're doing with me is what I'd watch like uh, actors that I admire and be like I just want to know like what it's like I'm not you know you almost don't believe them when they say like yeah this guy stopped me in the street and asked me like an actual question about being a a, a gangster and it's like what is it really but legit <laughs> like legit people stop me and will be like oh, so what do you think about GameStop. And I'm like, dude, I, 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 I have no, don't put your money on, on that. <laughs> so no, no, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, um, 
I take it as I'm humbled by it because people clearly care about this show and think it's very authentic and enjoy enjoy what what is channeling, which is you know these these young people just playing with big boy, you know, big big things and um, um, and there's truth to it. Um, I also get the reaction, by the way. I was just saying, I also get the reaction where people start to talk to me. And then realize very quickly that I'm nothing like Gus, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> and, and you know, in doing that, I'm again, I'm kind of like, well, it's good. I'm, I guess, I think I'm maybe doing my job a little bit right and painting him as who he is, and and uh, and uh, stay keeping apart the other part of myself. But there we are. Hmm. Uh, Alex, coming back to you here. I find that whatever people do for a living, that's when they're with their peers, the least that they talk about. They avoid that topic, that subject as much as possible. What's your common ground with the rest of the cast? Sports people, music people, if I can generalize with that question. Acting. Okay, you know. Really? So the craft is, is largely spoken about yeah. when you're not acting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, not the, I wouldn't say the craft, not like we're like, you know, doing Meisner exercises, <laughs> <laughs> but just like, you know, uh, performers or things that, that, that we like or uh, performance styles or, you know, it's like art. Like I like this kind of painting. I don't, I don't like that painting. Why don't, why not? I think it's, I think those are great uh, things that we can be passionate about and actually relate to. Uh yeah, because you know, I, football. I, 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 I. Sometimes I would, you know, they talk about football. I don't. David's like. Clarify: <laughs> oh, Are we talking about English football or American football? Okay, it's my he, question. He, he, no, no, Alex, go ahead. <laughs> you know, like, what am I doing? What am I going to do with that? I, I think. <laughs> so there's a lot. There was a lot of things, things of that nature. Uh, I learned. What's it called? Garage. Garage, Garage Band, the audio editing. No, see, that's what I, where I would have gone. So I think there's like Garage, like you know, I'm so ignorant, Dave. No, you go know, go Stormzy and like yeah, uh, so, oh, Garage. You're talking like Garage. Yeah, <laughs> I call it Garage. That too. That's so good, man. That's so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of cultural. I mean, I, I got the name wrong. No, can I just yeah. can I just say that's what was so good about having Alex on set as well. Like he just Alex, you know, Alex brought a new energy to all for all of us, you know. And with the second season of any show, as you know, I'm assuming because it's my first second season, but second season of a show, you can just kind of feel stilted a little bit, or you know, you've done that before. And Alex will come and be like, "Okay, what is all this Britishism you guys are talking about?" Like. <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's take that down some. Let's add a bit of American in here. And we're like, no, like absolutely not. <laughs> That's actually an interesting topic to me. So, Alex, I grew up reading music magazines from England as a kid. Even though I'm a New York person, I just always thought, hey, England is the forefront for what's great in music. In your case, how much exposure did you have to British culture growing up? None, but I did. I did go to school there for three years. Weirdly enough, and then I, uh, I, I wasn't. I hadn't gone back for five or six years. Never thought I would ever in my imagination come up with this 
I'm going to do a TV show. It made no sense to me. It still doesn't. Um, but I was, I was familiar with some of the terms, but even then in my stay there, I was quite isolated. So yeah, I hadn't really, because I was going to a conservatory. So I was, I was kind of just in, I didn't really get to live in London, London. I was, I was going to school in West London, but I didn't really get time to kind of, to get to know that culture in the way that I did during this trip. Cause the way this, this this show shot I would shoot for 10 days and then I would have like a month off so I'd be able to take a trip into London and really see it in a way that I didn't get to see it as a drama school student because I was you know very focused on acting I I could really explore it and see Shoreditch and it was it was a weird time too you know it was also there were periods where COVID was very high and I I, I had to kind of just be on my own and explore the city I couldn't really and then, and then it would dip down and I would be able to go and meet more people. But I was, I was kind of exposed and I feel like now, you know, I know garage music. That, that's it, right, David? Garage music. Garage. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Garage. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of music and as a person who covers music and interviews musicians all the time, David, do you have a favorite artist of all time? Oh man, that's a tough one. I mean, music, music to me is is uh, is next to acting in terms of how much I love it. And you know, my my, my dad was a musician. He played some did some jazz and and yeah, I love music. I can't give you a favorite musician of all time, but I can give you right like someone who I think is one of the goats hey. is Kendrick Kendrick Lamar. Man, he's um, Mr. Morale. Um, it's just um, it, 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 uh, everything that that guy drops is just is serious to me. Yeah. So yeah. Have you ever gotten to see Kendrick Lamar live? I know he was just at Glastonbury. He was just at Glastonbury, but I was working and then I was yeah, so I couldn't get to see him. It would be a dream to one day see him. Like I would sacrifice a job to go and see him because I just think he's special, man. So um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny that you should say that because an earlier interview I did was today was with the actor Douglas Booth and every year he goes to Glastonbury <laughs> and I said hey uh, so who's the best person you saw there and he said Kendrick Lamar and he yeah. told his agent every year do not book me any work during Glastonbury <laughs> so it's funny you said that same exact thing that's, that's the dedication right there I need to Douglas Booth is ahead of me, so what I'm saying, I'm, I'm too young and green. I'm going to get like him and tell him, no one book me during Glastonbury. I'm unavailable. Makes sense. <laughs> well, same question at you, Alex, before I let you gentlemen go. Uh, favorite music or musicians? Can you hit me to something? Like, you want a new, a new group? I mean, I listen, I like, I listen to Tupac all the time. That's just, that's yeah. just, that's just the shit. Like, you know, what's weird though, is like, I show that to, to people in the, I'm, I gotta ask David a question. What do you, th cause I show my, my friends in the UK Tupac and it doesn't make a lot of sense to them. They're more like that Hendrick and J Cole they get, but Tupac, they're like, like they respect it. But, and I think it has to do with like, cause Cali culture is so specific and Tupac is like California. Like, you know, it's that is, Bro, a hundred percent. I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up. Like, if you talk really? to me about two, I'm like, that's dude. You can't talk about like, yeah. Like, I, I mess with him so hard, like so okay. hard. <laughs> but that's me. But I, but yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure you would kill me at what two part terminology and more. But dude, that's that's 
he created the culture, man. Like he is one of Marie's. Anyway, I can't. That's just you. Go, go, go. <laughs> when you say that Tupac, does it go way back to the digital underground stuff too, like the Humpty Dance, or is that just too old person for you? No, it goes back not that far for me. It's like he had this one album called Me Against the World, and that's yeah. real, real early, and that's like super soulful and and very much, you know, he's a, such a weird personality of like of passion of anger of like being gentle to like being the most angry person on the planet <laughs> you know like to me he's so unpredictable um but some of his earlier stuff was was a little bit less i think that was before the first time he got shot and yeah. It, <laughs> yeah yeah so you know like it's it's interesting to look at his 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 discography i think that's the term and, and see yeah what he was going through in life and, and how his music evolved because yeah, as he got, and he only, what he was like 27 when he died or something like that. Yeah, he was five, 27, but hey, bottom line is congratulations to you both on excellent work for season two. Hope there's a season three and just keep up all the greatness. Both of you. Cheers, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Uh, where are you dialing in from today? I'm home in, in Nashville. Where are you at? Long Island, New York, uh, the oh, kind of place that a lot of people who live by you have, you know, came from. They, they had enough of this place for L.A. <laughs> and then they moved to Nashville, right? Yeah, that is true. Um, but I, I've also I've lived in. I've lived in New York and uh, right. I've known I've known many a, a Long Islander. Well, yeah, you're an alumnus of that great music school that gave the world you and Dan Deacon. Out of curiosity, if you don't mind me asking this, who else was in your class of composers up there? Anyone that we would band know? Was there and and um, <clears throat> in the first band that I ever tried to put together, Dan played tuba, uh, which was pretty amazing. I think we played like two shows together. Right. And Tina Spector. Wow. Uh, and um, Jenny O, if you know her. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? A band called Woods, who are incredible. Uh, this guy, James Jackson Tokes, he's done like Wooden Wand. Uh, and I'm probably forgetting some. It was a heck of a, a heck of a group of folks when I was there. Great talent pool, yourself included. And I appreciate you taking the time to do this. We were set up through the wonderful people of the Park City Song yeah. Summit. Uh, do you have a lot of history with Park City or is this just a one-off where they said come out and you said yes? The, the latter. I've the been latter. to Park City, but, but yeah, the latter, yeah. Um, it, it, do you mean like a lot of history with, with this um, event? Well, in general, Park with the event, uh, I believe it was done once before and it was canceled once before. But a lot yes. of people who are prolific songwriters like yourself, maybe they played an ASCAP party for Sundance, or uh -huh. maybe they played a private thing as part of Slam Dance. Uh, yeah. I was curious if that was you in any case that you'd been to Park City, Utah a few times. I've been to Park City and I had one uh, sort of um, <laughs> like bizarre slash lukewarm experience at, uh, at Sundance. Sure. Uh, I, was, I was there for a friend brought me out for a film that he did and it was um, interesting to see the, the scene that, that happens there. Um, but yeah, you, you are correct as far as I know too. This was the, 
<clears throat> the first um, Park City Song Summit that was obviously postponed due to Cavido. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the magic term that you just said, Covido. <laughs> um, a lot of artists that I've interviewed kind of did the writer's block thing during COVID where they didn't feel inspired, they didn't know what to do. In your case, you wrote a great album, you made it happen. Was the plan to have an album done around them or, or was that just an improvised no. curveball? No, there was zero plan. And I think that that alongside with certain other things that were going on in my life personally uh, and the war, you know, sort of the world and our culture at large um, right. fed to, uh, led me to a, a sort of a creative burst. Um, but there was zero <clears throat> intention, expectation uh, to write and record a record. And I think that was probably very helpful and almost like a beauty in the in the in the shit, the flower and the shit, if you will. Um, you know, there was something sweet, if I dare say so. There were, I, I think, spiritual elements of the lockdown and the pandemic for myself, and I, I don't think I'm terribly unique in that. No. Of course, being very fortunate that um, that you know I or, or nobody that I that I. You know, I'm super close with got terribly ill and, and all that there there was um you know just like a forced um a forced slowing down and all of the sort of career and societal and whatever other kind of personal pressures one feels they sort of were on um they were on hold and I think that that helped to um to make music without any kind of, you know, overly precious, you know, lens on it, or or for me to be too um, uh, agenda oriented. It was just it was like being twelve again of like making music mm -hmm. for the of making music for the right reasons, if I can say so. You could say so. But and if if I could talk a little more about Strawberry Mansion, that album we're discussing here. Uh, having 19 songs on there, one of them a demo. I was trying to think of how many other albums I could think of that have 18, 19 songs. It's really just your album and Hot in the Shade by Kiss. Did, <laughs> did you have anyone going, oh man, um, cut it down to 13. Did you have an A&R person in the process that was going, please? No, I, no. <clears throat> I was the only one um, I was the only one that thought for a minute to do that. Uh, one, the, the songs are pretty short, so there's that. And um, and I I always think I don't have enough songs before I'm about to make a record, and then I, I will write a few, sometimes a few more, uh, almost kind of force them out. Um, and then there's it can be a nice process to have too, too many songs sometimes, and you you know you you dwindle them down, like you said. And mm -hmm. in this case. I think because of the nature of how this, they, they weren't written over the span of a year or two years or three years, they were written in the span of two and a half months. Right. I think more so in kind of like a, almost like a journal or diary form more so 
than I think I had written before and they were almost happening every day, every other day or something for a while. Um, that when it became evident that I had a record and I wanted to make it, and then after making it, um, I felt and nobody, you know, people around me thought so maybe even more so than I felt and then I just agreed with them that, um, that these were all, these were all the songs that were happening in this very kind of um, particular moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, releasing all of them, um, what was, uh, was a fine and, and good thing to do. And so I, I was all, I was all for that. Outrocast.